Are you in a prison of excuses, of misconceptions, of unhealthy mindsets? We're called to be free in Christ, but we're also promised rejection and oppression for following Him. This week, we welcome missionary Dan Johnson onto the show to help us free ourselves from false realities that imprison our minds and drill down to the joy and truth of the Lord Almighty. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. Are you equipped for the real battle? And the spiritual is not just about your weaponry. It's about what you consume and who's calling the shots in your life. You are listening to the Pantry Podcast, Season 7, God Intentions, where we look at the way we live and ask, is this from God or do I just think this is good? Help us fuel 59 countries with spiritual nutrition. Donate on Patreon or thepantrypodcast.com. And now let's dig into the meal. Hey. Hi. Another exciting day for sure. I'm telling you, we, we, <laughs> we rack up some cool guests. I'm just going to say. We do. Um, it's always a blessing. And how we get these guests is always a blessing. Yeah. Um, but tonight's episode is called Prison Break, right? Mm-hmm. Man, Prison Break. What you know? I wonder what people think when they think about that. You know, Prison Break. And then you think about the Bible, and then it's like, whew, your mind explodes. And it's like, yeah, oh, man. It's, it's like this freeing idea. Well, when I was thinking of Prison Break, and I was thinking about joy. Yeah. And I was thinking about like, you know, and, and where did it take me? It took me to Psalm 35. And it's like, for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's like with God on your side, there, there, there's nothing else. I mean, it's like, right. wow. It's like, I don't have to look for in, anything anywhere else. And you know what the psalmist was saying here? He's like, I will exalt you, O Lord. Yeah. I mean, here's the joy, right? I will exalt you because you lifted me up, have not let my foes rejoice over me. You've cried out. You healed me, brought my soul up from the grave. Does that sound familiar? Uh, <laughs> kept me alive. I won't go down to the pit. And then he says, sing praises to the Lord, the, uh, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Prison break. It's, it's like not being caught behind the gate. It's like he's opened the gate. He's opened the cage. He's opened the door. Where the world was suppressing us and holding us. He's like, here is true freedom. And that is your joy. Yeah. Yeah. I I see it as joy is a way that he releases us from prison, not just um, the sentence to hell, but also just those day to day strongholds that we haven't let go of yet that we, cause I mean, he opens every door, yeah. he frees us, but yet sometimes we don't realize the doors unlocked. Sometimes right. we work more comfortable inside and the joy in the Lord is our strength. And that gives us mm. that ability to walk out of there. So today we have an amazing guest and Shay in a little bit is going to (laughs) share how we even came across this guest, which is a really cool story. But Dan Johnson has been a missionary internationally for 30 years and he has been spreading the gospel and his contagious laughter, which you are going to delight in today uh, for that long. And we're just excited to have him. And I'm going to let him lead most of the discussion about like what he's done, where he's been and what he's gleaned from that. But Right now, he is stateside for a few more weeks or months, and then he's back to Spain for several years. So give a big, warm welcome to Dan Johnson. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Amen. Thank you. It is wonderful to be with you guys. Oh, for sure. I'm telling you, we went to video just in time for this interview. Because I'll tell you, his laugh, his smile. I mean, any time we've ever talked to him, it's contagious. And you know, the story behind this. So my cousin, you know, Stephanie, uh, I'm I'm scrolling Facebook and I see this this post. And she's like, recently I had the joy of having Dan Johnson in our home for over a week while he ministered in two churches and a small group gathering. And yes, we laughed a lot. (laughs) And, and, And here's this picture of Dan. You know, I didn't know his name at the time. And it's like, this big smile, it's, it's her and her husband and him standing. And I don't know, something edged me. It's like, I got to know you, Dan. I, I got to know Dan. There's something cool about this story. So tell us about yourself. Tell us, tell us like your day-to-day, what you do. 30 years in, in missionary work. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I spent 12 years in Guatemala and, uh, while I was in Guatemala, I was, I had the incredible privilege of being there from the, basically the outset of what's called the Latin American missions movement. And just, just to explain what that is, just to erase any doubts, that is the movement of Latinos going to the ends of the earth, mm. um, which is relatively, uh, I guess maybe new isn't the word anymore. We it, it, actually, the, the outset of the maybe the official launch of that movement was in 1987 from Sao Paulo, Brazil, with an international missionary conference called Comibam. And the theme of that conference was Latin America is no longer a missions field, but a missions force. Wow. So um, I, I, I came to Guatemala in 1990 and was just at the beginnings of, of that movement of, of Guatemalans and Mexicans and Argentinians and just all over Latin America feeling the call of God themselves to go to the ends of the earth. And uh, to me, it is still one of the most exciting areas of missions to be involved in is to see Latinos and as well, Asians and Africans and people, what we typically uh, qualify as from developing nations to see them, that God is raising them up and God is calling them and sending them out. And often to what we call the unreached or the unengaged people groups of the world, which are still to this day in 2021, between four and 6,000 groups around the world who have yet to hear the gospel. Some of those groups are as small as 500 people, let's say, in one of the areas of the Amazon jungle, but they extend from that small number to as many as over 100 million. And there there's lists of these groups in places like India and Indonesia and Mm -hmm. China, um, Without, to our knowledge, those of us who are looking, again, from the West, uh, any identifiable believer. So um, the task before us is still formidable. Um, The Lord is doing some wonderful things. He's absolutely able to accelerate this process. But while we here in the West get excited and impatient, uh, Lord, come back. We need you. I don't know (laughs) if I'm going to be able to hold on. You know, there are still people who have yet to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time in their lives and or history as, as people group. So um, when I went to Guatemala, that was the big focus of getting the gospel to the next level. I had the privilege of training a lot of Latino missionary candidates and working with their pastors and, and denominations and newly formed missions committees. All that was, was new 30 plus years ago. And uh, I began to discover that a lot of those candidates felt called to work with Muslims, which at that stage in my life, I had no knowledge or frankly interest in. But um, I thought, well, since I am supposedly training my Latino brothers and sisters for their own callings uh, to serve the Lord, I had best be finding something out about Islam and the Muslim world. And that began to thrust me into the Muslim world. And little did I anticipate that the Lord was going to get a hold of my own heart in that process. So since um, 2003, when I moved to, to Spain, that has been my focus, is sharing the gospel with our Muslim friends uh, wherever the Lord opens that opportunity for me. So, Wow, that's yeah. awesome. In, in that alone, I see multiple, I would say, breaks, <laughs> like, you know, barriers breaking. And I love the idea that of the, I love the idea of the mission field becoming the mission force. I, I really yes, like that, that. Cool. <laughs> because I think so often when you come from, I guess we'll just use the, the common terms, like the developed nations, right? Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. like, well, we better be sending and funding all this, all this stuff. You know, we're the ones that have 
all the resources, you know, but I always love to see God use those who I guess stereotypically don't have all that. Amen. You know, I love, I love to see it. And we're saving, that's serving, not the, we're sa- serving the same God. And it's just amazing to, to, to just see that awakening and that realization. You mean Jesus can, can call me. Yes. Right. That the joy. Mission. I mean, he, he, the same Jesus that is calling you can provide for me. And it, it happens. I mean, it's obviously on a different scale and maybe a little bit different, but he indeed is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God for, for Argentinians and Mexicans and Guatemalans uh, and, and, uh, Libyans and India as he is for Americans. So yeah. we're in this together. And, and you say that like mission force. And of course, you know, may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's the ultimate force, y'all. Like, that's the Holy Spirit, rock and Amen. roll, you know, guide you kind of force that we need. Yes. But, uh, and I'm, I'm hearing this too. And, and it's, it's awesome to hear this. And the whole time I'm like, can you send them to America, please? That's uh, my can craving. Them, can you send them to America, please? Because we need some cross-cultural missions yeah. <laughs> coming into America because we don't see our demons. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I think that's an important role and to watch you grow in that and to watch you work with, uh, you know, uh, South America or Central America and um, just grow these people in, their, in the, you know, like work with God to grow them in the faith. Like, mm-hmm. I can do this. I can Amen. do this. And, you know, I think that's a lot of people's hang up as far as prison break. You know, it's yeah. like, like we lock ourselves into this prison and say, oh, I'm not smart enough or mm-hmm. I haven't been to Bible college. I don't have a theological degree. I don't have enough money. And, you know, the Bible does say that, you know, as believers, we've been what? Qualified. Yes. Qualified. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So so on that, it's like it, it just got to be stories. <laughs> like, <laughs> some cool stories out of like Guatemala or or somewhere of just like just powerhouses that just that you just worked with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, think of. Uh, one of my dear friends, she's, she's one of the pioneers. She's one of the first, first to be sent out. And I won't, I won't mention the country because it is a very sensitive area, but um, I, I've known her and I will call her uh, Eunice. It's not her name, but I will use her name as Eunice. Eunice, este, when she was a little girl, she began to feel the call of God uh, to be a missionary herself. And she would go to her pastor and and uh, her mom and dad and leadership would say, God is calling to be to me to be a missionary. Oh yes. I mean, that's nice. And it just, you know, blow her off. Um, because the, the overriding feeling was we're poor. We can't, we don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, we would say in, 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 in Spanish, in contra viento y mar, uh, against the wind and rain, uh, really they, they have had to push through in pursuing their obedience to the Lord. And, um, so there was never any infrastructure. There was never any, open doors. It was always, no, you can't, no, we don't know. It was no, no, no. But they just keep pushing and keep pushing moved by the Holy spirit, obviously. So when we started uh, a small missions training school in Guatemala, she was one of the first to sign up, but she was so excited to finally have a solid step that she would take in fulfilling her calling to God. So she was involved in classes and it was just exciting to see her, you know, just, Oh yes, Jesus. Yes. Well, a few years went by and she came to me and she said, uh, Dan, I, I feel like Jesus is calling me too. Yeah. And I'll, I'll leave the name of the country out. I said, really? Yeah, when he <laughs> say, oh, how exciting. She said, yeah, what am I going to do? And I said, I don't know. Well, you know, this is beyond both of us. We just need to pray. So we began to pray and, and uh, dream and hope. And she's continuing her, her training and her preparation. A couple more years went by and um, she comes to me again. She says, Dan, I had a dream and I, and, Honestly, I, I'm I'm Pentecostal and I love everything that is supernatural and I love dreams and visions and the miraculous, but I'm also uh, astute enough and experienced enough that right. that really doesn't impress me when somebody uh, uses that language. But with Eunice, 
being a deeply godly woman. And when she says, I've had a dream, I, I'm paying attention. I said, okay, well, tell me about it. She said, well, I dreamed that, that Jesus took me by the hand and we were flying through the air as, you know, you typically often do in dreams. And um, he said, we're, we're, we're flying over some water. And, and in the middle of this water was this rock formation. And Jesus said to me, you're going to, you, you're going to help people to find refuge in this, this rock. And uh, that was the end of the dream. And so she immediately thought, well, there, there's, a, there's a hymn, a, a very popular hymn in Spanish called uh, uh, Cristo es la Peña de Oreb. Uh, Jesus is the, the rock of Horeb. Uh, it's very common throughout all of Latin America. So she just kind of attributed this dream to, well, of course, Jesus, what he's saying to me is, is um, I'm, he's going to use me to bring people to find refuge in La Roca de, de Oreb. Jesus is the rock of Oreb. So, you know, that's easy enough to understand. Well, uh, time went on. And then, as it turns out, she connects with this American missionary who is living and working in this country. And she was really excited because this missionary spoke Spanish, had spent many years in Guatemala, and now she's in this wow. other country. And yes! So they began to connect and they start making plans to, uh, to join up. And uh, so I, things are just moving quickly and, you know, they're all excited and they're putting their plans together. Well, about three weeks out of this trip that they were going to take, she, she calls me again and um, she says, Dan, it's only three weeks away and I don't have any money. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I said, I don't know either. Let's pray. So we began to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then it was like two days later, she says, Dan, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Just tell me. Tell me. So this lady from, from, from Guatemala she says, Eunice, I heard that you're planning on making this trip. This is a restaurant owner of a very popular restaurant in, in, in Guatemala. She said, God has put on my heart wow. and I'm going to pay for that trip for you to go to this country. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> and she said, what's more, I am going to accompany you oh, wow. to make sure I leave you wow. in good hands. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So they went, they got there to a neighboring country they get there, and when Eunice went to get her, her visa, she goes into the embassy office, and the embassy guy, is the, as is typical, was very rude, and he says, um, no, you're not going to get in there. Uh, we don't have any diplomatic relationships with Guatemala. Cancel. <laughs> well, she's just shocked. I mean, She's been praying and believing and trusting God and this miraculous provision of this plane trip and only to get to the doorstep. Wow. No visa. Can't go in. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. So she decided the next day that she was going to go back and at least to ask them for the explanation as to why they had denied her visa. So she goes back and she says, excuse me, but I, I would just like to understand why I was denied. No. What am I like? Is, has, has no diplomatic relationships with this country. Well, I don't understand it. No, it's the, and, and it turns out that this embassy official <laughs> thought, thought that Guatemala wow. was part of Africa. Right, he, had no, right. he, he, he had no clue where Guatemala is. <laughs> she had to take out a map and show him where Guatemala is. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Awesome. Oh. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So now she's got her visa. She's going with her American friend. 
And along the way, she tells her this dream that she had years before. Tomorrow we're going to take a trip. So they get into the country. They get on a, a train, a long train ride. They take a bus, the, the taxi. And they get to the edge of this huge river. And this American missionary says, Eunice, look up, lift your eyes. And there before her was the very rock formation that she had dreamed of. It still gives me chills. And so it turns out that this area of this particular country is known for these rock formations. It is in the middle of this huge river that people have found refuge for years and years through political movements and everything. So the Lord wasn't even, wasn't only speaking to her about her being used to bring people of this country to Jesus, but in this particular geographical wow. region. Hallelujah. God. <laughs> he was going to use it. So, I mean, that's just one example of ways that the Lord is, is calling and, and locating people for his service. Yeah. I, I love the stories that have a hitch. Like there's a hitch, there's a wrinkle and then yeah. God shows up. Right. Because yeah. often we have this misunderstanding of how God works that yes. if he wants us everything's there, going to go smoothly. Exactly. Everything's going yeah. to go smoothly. And yeah, I mean, that in itself would be a miracle if everything just went smoothly. That would be yeah. enough. Yeah. But the joy, the faith, the hope, the confidence, <laughs> the confidence yes. in our Lord when okay. there's a wrinkle and we're like, yeah. no, but I'm certain like you said in your word or you gave me this prompting or you know and we're like we're just certain that if it's his will nothing will stop it and so if there's a wrinkle it's not like we're sometimes people are eager for a hitch because they just instantly take it as a red flag instead of a yellow flag and they turn back around because they were too scared already they were uncertain they were in doubt actually probably hoping for right a lot of people are hoping i was wrong you know but there's something about the joy when there's a joy that dread even if it's tough even if it's scary even if it's uncertain that joy pulls us through because we know God is faithful. God will take care of me. God has a plan and it's the best plan. And so turning back around, if he doesn't want me to, is me kicking myself. You know, like I need to keep, I have to just be steadfast. He needs to be clear. If he doesn't actually want me here, he's, there's a reason, you know, that he had me all this way. And yeah, you, you, um, you, so you used a phrase, we, we know that God is faithful. Mm. And I, I think that's precisely the problem. I, I just, I just told, told, I was sharing with somebody just last week. I said, and just speaking about myself, I, I, even after all these years of serving Jesus, um, I, I don't know Jesus well enough. If, if I knew him for who he is, I think 75, 80, 85% of my problems would just evaporate. Mm, that's right. so true. But, but, but because I still don't know him for who he actually is, then that's where fear, doubt, right. all this, par- you know, all kinds of things come up. And I, I, I know that that's not just true for myself. I think that's true for the church in America, especially, particularly, but it's not limited. It's, it's, it's a universal problem. We who profess to know him don't know him well enough. And even though we've got these catchphrases of God is faithful, and we, you know, we, we learn the language. When it comes down to it, our lives reflect the degree to which we don't know him. Right. Wow. Otherwise, if, if we knew him for who he is, we would live our lives differently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we say that quite a bit on our show, you know, from the sanctification position, right? Positional sanctification into that experiential sanctification. Yeah. It's like, mm. we, we just don't quite get it. But you know, today I heard something and, and you know, I think these things come out sometimes. Uh, and this guy was talking and he said, maybe if we would start to look at our relationship with Christ as a transfusion, mm. you know, it's no longer I, but Christ in me. 
He goes, then we would stop going through the checklist of every time something comes up, you know, well, let me stop. Okay. Let me pray. Okay. Let me ask God. Okay. Now let me wait now. Or we just sit there and say, he's going to do it. Amen. You know, and, 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 and it was kind of cool. And that's that transfusion that we've received. Yeah. You know, his blood is now in our blood. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing. And to listen about this little powerhouse of a Latina woman, right? <laughs> that sat there. And, and she's, she's just one. Right, right. I mean, right. Right. But listen, many, but many, many others. It's like so this. cool, though. It's like turning back to look, these are government officials. And normally, you know, we sit there, we're like, <gasps> but she's like, I'm going back. I'm, I am going back for an explanation because yeah. God laid it on her heart. She Hallelujah. wasn't walking in there on her own power or her own oh, strength, okay. but she was going in with the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's just like amazing oh. to hear these, these stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the rational, I, I often see the rational and the, and the joy of God at odds. And we said this on someone else's podcast recently where I was talking about how, you know, there's actually a lot of demonic activity when it comes to the idea of rational. And when you oh, give absolutely. humans mm-hmm. the idea that we can be rational, we're labeling something that's irrational, rational to give ourselves comfort that we mm. could possibly wrap our heads around something in a rational way with our mm. limited knowledge. And we just do not have the awareness of how things actually work well enough to be rational at any given moment. There's leaps of faith, whether or not you have God in your heart or not, leaps of faith every day to make sh- like with that, like to not go insane. And yet when we walk with Christ in this, in this faith, we, we label it radical. When really mm-hmm. it, I would say, is the closest thing to rational we actually have. Right, right, if if right. we were going off the strict definition of the word, you know, to follow him. But often his joy makes us look careless and irrational and reckless to the world. But we're trusting in the only thing that can guide us through such uncertainty. You know, right. and I think that you're so right to say that we don't know him well enough. I think that's something that I a lot like of that. people are scared to admit because we would prefer to say that every day we're learning him more. But I would also say that. Every day we are allowing things in our life to hinder how well we know him because we're clinging to them out of rational thinking, what we think is rational thinking. Um, I don't know how many times I've, I've, I like to speak as close and accurate to the truth as I can, even when I am guilty of not doing it, because I'm like, at least it's reinforcing the truth in my mind and not trying to just, what's the word compromise, you know, and, and, and compromise the truth to make myself feel better. And there's been so many times where people have struggled so much with just plain Bible without, without added story, without added fluff, without added justification, without added analogy, like just strictly like, this is what God said. So I can take it at that. I can take that alone to the bank. I don't need a sermon wrapped around it. I don't need a hymn wrapped around it. That what he said is enough. And, um, and yet it's be rational. It's, but what about your job? But how will you provide for your family? But, but college Uh, is important, but, hmm. but, you know, but, 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 And, um, and I think all of our butts are exactly why we struggle and sit in prisons. I think the butts are the prisons to break out of. You definitely sit on your butt in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. That's exactly I had to go there. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so as, as, as we're sitting here, so I, I had this question because, I mean, we're talking about this. We're talking like, you know, we, we don't understand God, and that's, that's great. But what are some of the ways that you found? you know, 30 plus years on the mission field, 30 plus years of of like working with people and encouraging people. Watch this, being encouraged, right? What are some of the practices that you put in place? Not these religious practices, but these things that you would, you would suggest to people to draw them in closer. Well, I, I I think a lot of it has to do with our fundamental understanding of what the gospel actually is. Mm. Um, We, we have redefined the gospel according to our, our culture. And I often say that I feel like, if, if we had to summarize um, 
starting with our identity as Americans, we would say, I have the right to be happy. <laughs> in fact, in, in fact, I, 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 I've said recently, I think our next constitutional amendment is going to be that. I have the right, I have the constitutional wow. right mm. to be happy. And anything that interferes with that happiness, I have the perfect right to get rid of. If that, right. that means getting rid of my husband, wife, children, mm. church. Hey, gets in the way of my happiness. I have the right to be happy and therefore it's gone, which is completely contrary to the scripture. The, the, the Bible has not, Jesus has not promised us happiness. He has promised us joy. Mm. And unfortunately, there are two contrasting ideas that many people don't under, they see those as synonyms, synonyms. And I, I don't, I, 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 I believe that happiness is conditioned upon our circumstances. Um, it's, it's that sensation of pleasantness when things are going my way and right. And, but joy is, is part of the fruit of the spirit. It's that, that work of God in, in our lives in transforming us that comes out of ironically pain. Uh, I think joy and pain are uh, intricately related and they can't be separated. And we, and we do not want to hear that. We don't want to think about, we don't want to embrace that uh, far from that because that pain and, and happiness don't go together. But um, it's only when we have suffered, we've shared in the fellowship of his sufferings that I might know him, like Paul said, and the power of his resurrection. Um so I, I think just fundamentally, our, our understanding of the gospel is as uh, an error. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus said that unless you take up your cross and deny yourself mm-hmm. and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. I mean, it's it's just a non-negotiable. And somehow we fool ourselves into thinking, well, you know, I, I think that that whole idea of denying self is re- is so much a part of the heart of the gospel, and yet it's almost even in our Christian circles, we we seem to think uh, that that denying self yeah that's true but it's it's almost like that's something that we grow out of mm. yeah I, I came to jesus i met jesus i died to self and now he's launched me into a life of fulfilling myself oh wow wow well um no denying ourselves is not something we grow out of it's something that we grow into wow. and um like- again it's, it's not a popular message it, does, <laughs> no. it doesn't resonate with our cultural formation and yet that's that's how i see the scripture wow, put on dying <laughs> put on dying yeah nobody thinks that way we always think about how we're going to live <laughs> but I, I like that uh yeah how many times have we heard from the pulpit you know that jesus came not to not to bring peace <laughs> you know it's like we don't hear these things you know it's like we always hear the feel good the what's good the how you're good you know the grace and grace is great no grace mm-hmm. is grace is necessary but there's mm-hmm. got to be this understanding and this gospel breakdown of truth of what grace really is um but okay. i'm sitting here thinking because we have a we have a fish tank <laughs> and I have this analogy because I'm sitting here I'm like, and it's a, it's a saltwater tank and we have this little goby and then we have this little pistol shrimp and they're, and they're symbiotic oh, with each other. Right. But, yeah. but every once in a while, the pistol ship shrimp actually hits the goby, like kind of pow, pow, pow. Right. <laughs> well, the goby is his like warning. You know, he has his visions, not good. You know, the, the pistol shrimp can't see. And so the goby is kind of his eyes. And then when something comes, he gets back in and the pistol shrimp follows him, but he beats on him, <laughs> but mm. they, but they, but they work together. Mm. You know, he's not in the best all the time, but if anything was to come against the goby, the pistol shrimp would take the defense for him. Mm. And, and I was just thinking about, as you're telling the story, you know, it's like, it's not always easy for us, you mm. know? And I, and I think that when we're looking for easy street in Christianity, I'm not saying that things won't go smooth, 
But I'm just saying that it's got to be easy. It's got to be easy. I, I can't. What, what's wrong with me? I, I can't get there. I can't get to this easy street. I can't get to what? What? What am I doing wrong? What can I do more? What can I? What can I? What can I? And, and re, in reality, we just need to sit back and rest in it. Mm-hmm. And I like hearing what you're saying. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I, I liked what you said too. It's like you know what we call radical for Jesus is actually what you say. You the said, most rational. It's, it's the most rational. Well, and it should it should be normal. It's <laughs> yeah. almost irritating sometimes when <laughs> you know. Again, here in the West, we. We, we see and hear people doing what Jesus has called them to do. And somehow that becomes a radical expression of faith when, even when we have done what he's called us to do, we're still unfaithful servants. So why have we redefined normal, what should be normal uh, into ra- radical? Right. Wow, I like that. And obviously you're teaching this to, you know, all of these, these disciples that you've been around and man, I'll tell you what, you've got a powerhouse Yeah. with, with a message like this and a, and a, and a thought process like this. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. What I'm hearing. Well, you know, and I, I learned a long time ago. Um, I, I don't do anybody any favor by, by requiring less of them than Jesus does. Mm. And that's what our American gospel does. We, we, we're striving to require less of people than Jesus himself did. And we're trying to soften the gospel and we're trying to make it acceptable and relevant and all these terms that we use. But if that ends up, uh, requiring less than Jesus himself did, then what, what are we doing? What are we teaching? What are we preaching? It's, we, we just deluded ourselves into this false gospel actually is what it comes out down to. Yeah. I, on that, I think of how we're living vicariously through other saints rather than letting Christ live through us. Mm. Because we look at Paul and Peter and John and Stephen and Barnabas and we're like, wow, I wish I could be like them. But And what's funny is I had one verse that I was like, that's the verse for this episode. And I didn't, it didn't, I saw the connection, but I didn't know how it would fit in. And it's, it's from Acts 5, 40 through 42. And it's when Peter and John had been called in to the authorities because they were preaching the gospel. And it says they called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped preaching and or teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm. And most will read that and be like, wow, wish I could be like them. <laughs> and yet they're the standard. Mm. And right there, it's showing that there is glory in suffering for Christ. There is rejoicing to be had when we're counted worthy enough to be used in such a way that we suffer in this temporary life for our eternal savior. And that's something it's so challenging. And you can even feel the flesh. Like when you hear it, you hear you're like, oh, there's a yes. part of you that just is like, Oh, absolutely. Like mad. <laughs> and yet mm-hmm. reject, 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 reject. Yes. Like you just want to, like there's a part of you that just wants to, you know, say no, but I think the flesh is just our butts. <laughs> and I know that sounds funny, but like, it's just like our flesh is constantly acting like Satan in the garden saying, but did God really? Like, we don't even need Satan most of the time. Our yeah, own flesh. Absolutely. People I'm, are I'm always right trying to, re- yeah. you say this, yeah. like uh, rebuke the devil. And if you still have the problem, it's you. Like, I'm like, hey, if you, if you have a problem, you think that, that, that Satan's coming against you, rebuke him in Jesus name. Cause he can't occupy that space. And when you still feel that way. 
<laughs> you better do a spiritual check. Yeah, because it's your yeah. flesh. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. remember? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I like, I so, no, so, we're, sorry. so we're talking about yeah. joy, yeah. and we're talking about suffering for Christ, and we're talking about him, like He must increase, and we must factually decrease yes. for this to work and for us to bring Him glory. So, can you share a time where it was just the hardest to cling to that joy, but on the other side of it, it almost made it that much richer? for you to cling to it at all? In 1987, my, I, I, I was at, well, I didn't realize it was towards the end, but I was, I was in a three-year period of depression as uh, I was on staff at, at um, Teen Challenge in Seattle. And for the previous three years, I had struggled and I, I was doing all the same spiritual disciplines and felt like uh, they weren't working. Everything that I had learned since I'd given my heart to Jesus was just not working. Felt, I felt like I was getting further and further and further and further away from, from the Lord. And um, I can remember even getting into the pulpit as I was teaching in chapel services and everything and thinking, you know, what? I don't even believe this, whatever I was teaching. And, but I, was, I had a responsibility I had to fulfill. And that's, that's just an awful place to be at. Yes. I'm teaching and preaching something that I don't even believe. And at the, the worst moment of this, my, I had a, a very tragic trauma in my life where my sister died in, uh, as a result of a fire that was caused by her cocaine usage in Alaska. And it, uh, <laughs> it was a very dark, dark time. I had to go up there and recover her body. Thankfully, her, her two-year-old daughter survived, bring them back to Washington. I did the service, buried her. Uh, when you go through something like that, it's, uh, you're running on adrenaline. You just, I, I had to inform each one of my member, members of my family, which I, I will remember for the rest of my life, the screams. And, ugh. But anyway, I, I got through that. And af- after that is when the questions began to come. Um, you know, after you get through that adrenaline rush, you've done everything, and then you just kind of crash. Mm. And um, quickly, I, I, be, I started to become very angry and very bitter at God. I, I felt like, uh, I, actually, I actually believe that God lied to me. Mm. And um, so it, it, it was like every day I was, I was letting, letting go of something else. I had taught and believed and preached for years. Um, is God a God of love? I don't know. It, does God answer prayers? <laughs> what, what does prayer do anyway? It was just like I was being stripped away from everything. The old, I finally got to a point where I, the only thing I could affirm was there is a God. I mean, I, I couldn't deny that. There is a God. But at that point in my life, I didn't know who he was or how he operates. Or And, and, and the, the, the joyful Dan that everybody knew was gone. And uh, I just wanted to crawl into a cave someplace and die. I felt like I was on my way to hell and I, I didn't care. It was just, I mean, if, if, if Jesus lied to me about this, then what else did he lie to me about? It was just this amazing, awful confusion. And um, so that went on for a period of months. There's a lot of details to this, but um, finally I was back on a farm in Pennsylvania just kind of striving to recover. 
I couldn't pray. I couldn't read the Bible. I, even, even the book of Psalms, which is a book of comfort, I felt accused by. I, 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 couldn't, even, I couldn't even look at it. I was just there. But slowly, the clouds began to kind of dissipate. And then one day, a verse I had memorized year, years before just kind of blasted into my memory. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. What? The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And I just, God, you judged my sister. Unfortunately, she, she led an awful life. She was a stripper. She was a prostitute. She was a bar worker, party girl. And just two months previous, which turned out to be our last Christmas together, I, had, I sat down with her on the, on the sofa and I, I said, um, you know, by the way that you're living, you're going to die. And I, I, I beg you, please go to a lawyer and at least document what you want to happen to her, to your daughter. And that's a pretty offensive thing to say, right? But her response was, yeah, you're right. I, I, I need to do that. Of course, she never did anything. And that just opened up another lifetime of repetition in her life. But so I wasn't, I wasn't angry or bitter about what happened. I, 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 I could see this happen. This was going to happen. It was just two months after this. And she indeed was dead. No. Um, what I was angry and bitter about is it. I felt like God didn't warn me. He didn't I, in, in the most vulnerable and weakest moment of my life with no preparation whatsoever. He stepped back and let this happen. And didn't have the, the courtesy to somehow forewarn me of what, right at the edge of this happening. So that's where the anger and bitterness grew. But anyway, when, when this all came together and the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether, Lord, you judged my sister. You, you are righteous and you are true in doing so. And that's what broke me. And that's what brought me to repentance. Some, I, I know some people have a hard time listening to this story, um, but I, you know, I can't help that. Um, and that was, that's what healed me. Again, bringing us back to who this God is that we serve. He is loving and he is kind and he is merciful and he is patient. But he is also true and righteous. And if, if we can embrace all of those characteristics and qualities, <laughs> that's, that's where our, our security and our joy comes from because we are, we're knowing him as he is and not necessarily how we want him to be. The clouds lifted. And the joy we see today, obviously God mm. did a, a, a big work mm. inside of you. Um, if you guys want to, you can go out there and read Revelation 92 yes. because it carries on and you can see the impact of that. I'm not going to read it, mm. but you can see the impact of that verse in the situation mm. that we just experienced or that we just heard about. Mm. Um, but what was the, but, but, but then God, you know, because we always see it in the Bible, then God. So where did that, where did that jump? Because we got to hear that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you started this podcast off with weeping may endure for a night. And I, I, I know that pretty well. And some of those nights are, are very long. 
Ooh, there we go. But joy comes in the morning. And uh, it's, it's not something fabricated. It's not something that we can generate. Because when you are broken and you are mm. even unfaithful, it says that even if mm. we deny him, he cannot deny himself. Love it. And it's, it's him. <laughs> oh, his it's, it, it's his work. He is. He is, you know, he like is. that. I am. That is, <laughs> yeah, that right. is the, I, in my darkest moments, they, they, they just come up and they, and they seemingly take me over, but it always comes down to when, when they come, all I know to do. And I think this is the way I can explain the joy that you're, that you're speaking of in the sense of when those moments come, I've learned not to ask for him to take them, but to just like, if he was a palm tree in a hurricane, like just cling to him for dear life. Embrace, embrace them. Embrace them embrace it you know just be like you're gonna see me through like in the world like the palm tree would like get snatched up and just fly off into oblivion but like our our lord our christ doesn't Amen. and he's the only thing that won't get uprooted everything else is fair game mm. and so you just cling to him with all you've got knowing you're not always going to be at your best yeah. and you might not get an a plus in like the check boxes mm. of of what would make you a good christian right now but that what he cares about Amen. more than anything is that Amen. you're not clinging to something else instead Amen. And, and, and that joy that he never changes and he'll never be up for grabs. He's not, he's not fair game in a hurricane. Ooh, love it. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's, love and, it. and so I can, I, like the joy is like, no matter how bad I do at this oh, test, if I just cling to you, I haven't failed. In the, you know, like, and because he goes before me, he goes behind me. And if I'm decreasing Ooh. and he's increasing, then he's there. And he has, he has set apart this struggle, this storm for himself. And we have a choice. We can choose to try to weather this storm as me or let him do it and just cling to him, trusting he'll do it. And that's the joy is I have an out. And, and the out, the mercy is that I have to decrease. That's the mercy. I, I can't remember if it, you might be able to help me here, uh, Dan, but I think it was, was it Isaiah? But anyways, God is telling Isaiah, it is Isaiah. It's when he's, he's going before the mm -hmm. throne and he's, about, he's telling him how he's about to destroy the people. And then it comes mm. down to, he goes, I'm going to take them down to the root, mm. but the root is holy. In other words, like all of that destruction, Amen. yet we are holy because he is holy. So like the palm tree made me think of that, like mm. the ripping away, like the palm tree is still there. Maybe the branches are broken, Amen. leaves are gone, Amen. but that root is still there. Hallelujah. He's still there. We're still in that yeah. root system yeah. and we're ready to keep on going and growing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, so on the way out, what, what would prayers, uh, yeah. what, what do you want to tell somebody? I mean, just real quick, you know, like, Hey, just be joyful. I don't know. Laugh. I love you. Laugh. We, we know you. We know you don't like. You're not busy in the social spaces because you're in those physical yeah. spaces. So if there's a prayer, like if you have a specific thing you would like all of our listeners to be joining with you in prayer for, if I, I have I have believed for many years that that God is, will raise up a, an army, if I can use that term, of former Muslims to preach the gospel and in doing so, laying down their lives in every sense of the word. And so I have worked towards that vision and that goal for many years. We're seeing more and more Muslims come, come to know Jesus every, every day. Um, and is with everything else, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's, um, it's a long conversation itself, but, um, now that I'm going back to Spain and moving into a, a, the next phase of, of, of uh, service and ministry, I just long to see that take place. And it's a very, um, slow, very seed, very much of a seed sowing ministry, one-to-one uh, -one 
um, there, you know, you will hear people talking about massive moves to Christ. And uh, honestly, I think a lot of that in particular reference to Muslim people groups is, is hype. And um, if, if you really look into the details of that, uh, there's not much substance to it, but everybody that I know that is making significant impacts in the Muslim world is doing so on a one, one-to-one basis and they're not seeing much fruit. Um, but again, I clarify, yeah, there, there is, there are more Muslims coming to Jesus today than ever Amen. before. Hallelujah. And, 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 and in fact, the fastest growing church in the world today is inside Iran. And the second fastest growing church is in Afghanistan. So those are um, undebatable facts, but, Together with that, there's a huge need for discipleship. Um, it's, it's complicated. So to get solid believers that are deeply rooted in the word and the spirit is continues to be an enormous challenge. So, so pray for that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Is there any funding sites? I'm going to ask that too. Is there any place that people could give if they wanted to? Yes. Um, I got a link. I could, I could, uh, Pass on. Let's see. If, should we'll, I put it in we'll the chat it here? We'll add it to our show notes and make okay. sure. Yeah. 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 We'll add. Yeah. We'll add a link to how you can be funded in your ministry to help spread the gospel message around the world to all of those Not thousands really. of people groups. Um, we'll go ahead and put that in our show notes and to connect with Dan with, through prayer. We'll pass on any prayers that you specifically have for him, as well as to just ask us any questions. You can go to thepantrypodcast.com. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Good day to see you. Bye, too. Yeah, there it is. The wave. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Awesome. No, thank, thank you. you. That was awesome.